Hello and welcome to episode 113 of Game Store Profits, the podcast where two guys get together to talk about God and games and where these two meet. I'm really tired. That's not really a name. I'll, I'll I know, but it's exactly what I am. My name is Mike Perna. <laughs> and that, I'm, I'm Jeff Romo and I'm, I'm feeling the low energy, sir. I'm feeling it. Well, it's not even low energy. It is just, I am just so spent because while these good people have been, you know, patient and waiting for this new episode, I have been moving into a house. Mm. Little, uh, little resource management, little, uh, strategic to and from. I, I've yeah. been playing a pick up and deliver game all weekend long. <laughs> and, uh. I've I've picked up and moved like a couple towns over. I was about to say you picked up and moved a couple towns, but then you added over at the end. That kind of ties it together. I picked up the entire town. It, nice. It's why I'm so tired now. Well, board game podcast. I'm thinking uh, we can. Well, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so the the past couple days, uh, I I can tell you that I haven't played much between moving house and getting things set up and planning for extra life which at the time we're recording is only a couple days away i i haven't played anything new mm. at all yeah i played something old but we can we can always get into <laughs> that a little bit later but yeah. yeah i feel you man i've been uh i've been kind of swamped with the whole thing they call real life and you guys at home can't see me throwing the air quotes but yeah i'm totally throwing those up right now we we can feel those air quotes <laughs> that's right so All right, so so yeah let's not dilly dally anymore here what what have you been playing before you know we talk about the fact that i haven't been playing anything <laughs> well um uh like i do I've been diving in a little bit more into the role-playing game genre, you know, really chomping at the bit for our next session of Victoriana. But uh, in the meantime, I've been uh, kind of in kind of a quote-unquote GM training mode where I uh, I hopped onto a, uh, a Facebook group called One Shot RPG. And it's just, it's basically just guys scooping up folks to get, you know, scooping up folks for a quick you know one shot game just here and there and everywhere and um i uh got picked up for a game that'll happen later this week and i'm just kind of you know getting a feel for how other gms are doing their business because it's been a while since i've been outside of the the gm seat so i get a chance to actually see other people roll in their games which is kind of cool well, and and running a one shot is a different animal entirely from running, you know, a long, long standing campaign. Yeah, I I like the whole. You got to be quick on your feet. You got to be, you know, like quick to adapt because if you want to get to that conclusion by the end of that time slot, you got to kind of be mobile. You know, be agile. So, it's it's something I'd really like to do because most you guys already know out there, most of the campaigns I run are pretty much long term. The the Paizo game has been running for like two years, and then the uh, uh, the D&D <laughs> game ran for a year. The Victoriana is going to probably run the same length. So Hold on, you moved on quick there. The Paizo game we've been running for two years, <laughs> and still haven't gotten to the land that you named the campaign for. Oh yeah, there is that part. That's kind of why I wanted to breeze by. You dubbed that campaign Absalom in Shadow, and we have not gotten there yet. 
hey, that's I can't help it if you guys have made decisions along the way that have diverted you from the original course. I mean, we are, we are ball. straight up awesome, and there is no yeah. From that. There's no there's no stopping that team. There's no stopping that team. Uh, even when they're faced with weird wildling gnomes, they just continue to pledge forward and do their thing. Dwarf bards rock, and I will hear no argument to the contrary. <laughs> there is no argument, sir. <laughs> but uh but yeah as you know as far as rpgs that's kind of what i've been doing um so just kind of getting my uh, getting my game face on i i did hear some news that cubicle 7 is in the release mode or getting close to the release mode of a americana um uh, uh expansion to the victoriana game so bring in that 1856 over to the states as it were so it'll be kind of a nice little uh Nice little uh, delve into some future scenes. So, well, well, Jeff, I can actually use this as a a go to for trying to convince you to come out to Gen Con with me because you could have played the Victoriana Americana. Yes, at Gen I know, Con. I know, I know. I heard that, and I I heard they your voice. had it available. I heard that on the podcast uh, that was listened to. It was Gamers Table I was listening to. Um, mm-hmm. Curse them for the Victoriana edition I have. So there you go. I laid it out there. But uh, but yeah, I heard it on there, and then I totally straight up heard your voice saying, you could have been here. So yeah, I know. I know, I know. But um, yeah, so that's, you know, that's my RPG life on that side. But then I did get a chance to play an oldie but a goodie Oh, it came out in 2009. It's not that old, but the Resistance we got a chance to play that game. And, uh, the, uh, the 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 for the longest time, it was one of the ultimate party games. You couldn't go anywhere without seeing the Resistance come out at some point. Yeah, well, it's man portable, that's for sure. So that helps. I I can't imagine anybody listening to this podcast doesn't know the game, but just on the off chance they don't. Um, it's basically a bluffing deduction and negotiation game. You are, um, you're basically a group of resistance fighters trying to overcome the stranglehold of uh, mega corporations that rule the land. Um, so you're kind of like a band of spies that infiltrate this area and you have to accomplish a set of missions or a series of missions in order to bring them down. Um, but among you are spies for the corpse and, I already kind of heard it when I was describing it, and when I was playing it, I was like, "Man, this is a lot like Shadowrun." And maybe that's why I kind of like, like it. It's, but, it's uh, like Shadowrun. It's like Netrunner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It totally is. And you can you can especially say it's like Coup because that happens in the same universe. Yes, that's right. That's right. I, you know, we we got like how many did we have? We had eight. Was it seven or eight people? I think it was eight people. I'm trying to remember everybody. Because I had three of my buddies and then some other folks that just kind of we we got together at uh, um, what do you call it the uh, the Green Dragon Tavern. So got a chance to break it out there, and we actually a couple of us were thinking, hey, I mean the game doesn't have a lot on the as far as it goes for you know trying to like really get the bluffing aspect out there. So we're thinking, you know, some of us kind of know each other. What if we started kind of putting on personas and stuff? So somebody decided, "Oh, well I've got I happen to have a set of fate accelerated here. Why don't we throw up a quick character description and then that's who we play." And that's what we did. So that's how we ended up with characters named like Constance, uh what did we have? Vitus, uh Probate, Taxes, couple other folks that were out there some wacky names. Wait, but... wait, wait. 
go back a second. You named you named a guy taxes. Yeah. Yeah. As in there is only but two sureties in life, death and <laughs> So uh so yeah, so that's kind of what uh kind of what we did. How Tell me how that worked, that you literally made characters for the Resistance. Well, Fate Accelerated is pretty quick. So, like, first, you know, we we got over the rules of the game. You know, I had I needed a quick brush up on what the Resistance was. Um, my buddy told me to watch, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, what's that show? Um, uh, Geek and Sundry. And it had me watch the episode that was playing there. So you get a good idea of how to play. I'm like, oh, perfect, no problem. So I did that, kind of did my prep there. And then we were uh, on site. That's when they were thinking, oh, you know what, we can totally... Um, you know, make make some like real total personas, and then you have it makes it so much tougher to try and guess who's who and that sort of thing. I was like, okay, okay, I, I can get into this. I'm a role player. I can do this. You know, like Gimli, and you know, I'm a fight. I'm a writer. I can do it. So, um, in any case, I I put together a character named Hegemony, and uh, <laughs> a man with the who had been with the Resistance since its, since its inception. And was practiced at the art of deception, and uh, so it, it basically—I mean, I, I ended up being a traitor. I actually was the traitor. But aside from that fact, uh, the game itself—just uh, you know, super brief run through. Run through. Um, you are—you've got five rounds, and among your group, you set an individual leader uh, who is going to lead a particular mission. That leader picks players from among the group, and then everybody in the group decides to vote to approve or disapprove the team. Um, then the me- the members of that team vote in secret as to whether this particular mission succeeds. And we had a lot of fun describing what the mission was. You know, it, it couldn't be just we lay down the cards. It's like, no, what are we doing? What's the mission? And so we had to actually plan the mission. So it actually brought more of our personas out so that we had to, like, really start thinking about who is the traitor? Who is the traitor? I didn't have to think about it because I was. But anyway. Beside the fact, but in any, in any case, though, of the members of the team, um, those who are with the resistance have to vote for the mission to succeed. Only the spy can vote for the mission to fail. But since it's all done in secret, the cards are all mixed up. You never know who, unless you can just totally pick out the person that's uh, that's the baddie. But um, yeah, success for the resistance occurs. Uh, I think what is it? Three out of five. It's three out of five, right? right? For the missions, yeah, three out of the five missions you you have to accomplish in order to succeed. If you miss that, then the corpse win. So yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, <laughs> a great time. Oh, and Hegemony was an eighty year old man, so I got to do like an old man voice. Of course, of he was. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. It's it's interesting to just consider just the adding of role playing elements to games that don't even kind of have role-playing elements in them. (laughs) (laughs) I will do it wherever I can. (laughs) No, I'm not lying to you. My character's just a jerk. I can't help it. Your character's also the traitor. I know, it's because I'm a jerk. so good but uh but yeah the uh the game usually only takes just a few minutes like maybe a half hour we dragged it out to about an hour and 15 so it was pretty good the great moral quandaries of will i actually fail this mission (laughs) can i get behind what the corporations are asking me to do i can't betray them they're now my friends Oh, it was so good. That would be hilarious if by the end of the game you have a change of heart and you come clean. I'm the traitor. I won't do it anymore. 
<laughs> I believe in you people. Uh, that's right. That's right. Roll for bluff check. <laughs> Roll for bluff check. That's right. No, it was fun though. I mean, it was kind of an interesting way because I, I, I think it was because my the three guys I came with they hadn't played the game before, but the ones on the other side of the table had, and so they were you know trying to think of ways to kind of spice it up because I was interested in playing it when they had it as an option and yeah. So anyway, it was fun. Lots of fun there. So in other words, neither one of us have had a lot of opportunities to play anything lately. Sadly, no. Well, well, that leaves us to, you know, every once in a while, <clears throat> we like to throw out, you know, when, when we're, that's especially true when we don't have games that we've played, but the wonders of the internet provide us with opportunities to be a part of game constructions, as it were, mm. and bringing games to market. And there have been a couple things that have, have hit the Kickstarter-verse that are well worth mentioning. Oh, yeah. And I think it would be silly of us when talking about Kickstarter things that have taken the world by storm, not to mention Scythe. Ah, oh, so beautiful. So good. I It is rare, especially nowadays, because so many people have gotten burned by Kickstarter games, like not f- having it be fulfilled the way it's supposed to, or waiting years upon years for games that they're, you know, wanting and yeah and other various things so people have not been as forgiving with kickstarter as they have been they also haven't shown up as big as they used to when kickstarter first became the big go-to for indie games right oh my goodness i when scythe finally hit because they had first mentioned scythe like years ago mm-hmm. when it finally hit the internet exploded yep i couldn't go Anywhere that I go to to talk about games, to look at games, to research games, I couldn't go to any of it without seeing Scythe plastered everywhere. Yeah. And it's hard not to, though, just simply because of... I mean, the the board itself and the pieces and everything that goes along with it, great design, gorgeous. But the art that supports this game is also a great poster child for how awesome the game is because it's very rare that sometimes the art matches how awesome the game is. And in this case, it definitely does the stuff that's out there by uh, what's his name? Jacob, Jacob Rosalski. Oh my gosh. So incredible. Mm-hmm. But I know don't judge a book by its cover, but in this case kids, you can't, I think you can, but the cover is so pretty. It's so pretty. <laughs> I'm, I'm really interested in this. Like a lot of games that come out on Kickstarter, there's a lot of hype and, I won't say that it's not deserved because if everything comes out the way they're advertising, the way they're they're putting it out there, if that works, I think Scythe will be a new favorite of mine. Not necessarily claim the number one spot, but it'll definitely be in, I'll say a safe estimate and say it'll be in my top five when it comes out next year, just because yeah. it, it scratches a lot of the itches that I, that, that get me when it comes to a game it it has miniatures but not it's not overrun by them right uh it it has a lot of interesting moving bits as to building up your economy which lets you get more stuff i i've heard some people kind of talk about it in the same realm of terra mystica in the fact that 
when you in order to get new things you have to put things from your board onto the the shared play area but every time you do that you get less stuff next time so it's this weird balancing act from getting more materials or doing more stuff right and i don't know i there's Still a lot I don't know about it. I was not one of the umpteen billion people who apparently were playtesting this thing. I've seen things that have have toted that Scythe is the most playtested game in existence before it came out. I'd have to maybe kind of back it up just from the sheer number of playtest videos that are out there on YouTube. I mean, you do a search for Scythe, or uh, uh, you know, look it up, you know, by the by the company name, or Jamie Stagmeyer or, or Stagmeyer Scythe. I mean, you get just scads of videos um, of people. Who I don't doubt it. it and they stuff. they first announced this thing a long time ago. I can't remember exactly when the first time I heard about it mm-hmm. because it it immediately grabbed my attention because the artwork they put out there when they just announced the game happening. Was this? It it was this mech driven by this giant engine, just belching black smoke, as it's over this like feudal scene of people harvesting grain out in a field, and I'm like, yeah. I'm in, yeah, I'm in, I'm in. It it's incredible, like the because the just because you have glorious art doesn't always translate to the concept of a game, but it actually does in this case. I mean, you know, they're using like this ancient mech technology and, you know, it's still set in this kind of like a rural uh, uh, surroundings, that sort of thing. I mean, some of the characters that you're playing, you've got uh, a rifle rifle woman who has a bear as a uh, as a sidekick. Why wouldn't you want to say a sidekick, but like a partner? Yeah, she does. And the bear looks an awful lot like Dove. So that's kind of helpful. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that was funny because when we were when uh, I I convinced like two or three people to get Scythe. I'm convinced of this, mm. and uh, one of them is is Brent who plays the esteemed Doctor Loom. Yeah, and uh, Brent basically sent a picture of one of the the concept art pieces, and it was just this line of military with a bear standing up on two legs. And uh, he goes, he goes. Oh, we've seen we've seen a picture of Dove during the Crimean conflict. Yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness. So good. It was so good. But uh, I, I am definitely, I'm definitely curious about this game. I, yeah. I will more than likely pick it up when it becomes retail. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful because as much as I will, will just sing the praises of Cool Mini or not. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the funds to get in on a Cool Mini Kickstarter you're in trouble because they have so many Kickstarter exclusives. Yeah. Like I kind of get why they do that. And, and it clearly works for them because they keep doing it to outrageous success. So I can't fault them for making that decision. But in times like this, like again, I just bought a house. (laughs) There is no way. There is absolutely no way I can get in on Scythe now. (laughs) We've put it through but, the budgetary committee, and it just can't happen, sir. Right. But the good thing is that from everything I've seen, there isn't anything that is Kickstarter exclusive. Yeah. 
that's like that's so, some things some things may get released as like an expansion or something else like that right but as far as i know there is nothing that says get it now or you'll never be able to get it yeah exactly i mean down down to like the art book that comes with it you can get a premium package that has the art book they have a collector's version that has what what they call what's it here the collectors and art connoisseur edition which replaces all of the wooden tokens with things that are like you know that, actual coins that and... i think is is gonna be a kickstarter exclusive is it uh i don't know if it is don't but i know for way. a fact that if they do if they do do that They'll do it like like Stonemaier Games does with so many other things, saying here's this box of random bits. Yeah, like it won't it won't be in the game box if you buy it retail. They might release it, but Mm -hmm. the art looks like the art book is going to be sold separately. Yeah, you know what? If that's if that's the only exclusive I'm dealing with, I I don't feel bad at all. Yeah, I don't think so. I really appreciate being able to get what's being put together yeah because this way i know it's coming out next year provided nothing weird happens it'll i could easily see it coming out gen con next year yeah and uh and and i've entered into saving my pennies mode because i i want it it looks like it's going to be right in my wheelhouse the place that i love games in that two-ish to four-ish hours of gameplay uh, it has mechs, and I, I love how the, at least from what I've seen from the various videos and other things, uh, the the economy building is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have said that, unlike a lot of games like this, you can win being a complete pacifist. There is a way to build up your economy so that you do not have to actively destroy anyone and you can viably win which is saying something for a game with you know russian bears and giant smoke belching mechs and giant yeah it, to say that you can have that kind of game setting and not require combat is intriguing to me yeah so yeah it's definitely something yeah. definitely something that i want to be looking at yeah definitely i i like the the idea of the asymmetry of the game because I think that's what really allows for that kind of thing to have the pacifist path or or whatever. But yeah, it looks. Oh, really I, I I'm I'm a sucker for asymmetry, and I don't know what it is, but lately I've been kind of on an Eastern Europe kick as well. And this is set right smack dab in the 1920s with you know the obvious alternate history dabblings and stuff. But yeah, like I I even picked up. Um, on Humble Bundle, I picked up a game that's set in like a medieval Eastern Europe. So yeah, it really like kind of tweaked all the right notes when I was seeing it. But uh, it was kind of hard not to see it. I mean, Hell's Bells, the thing like came out with a thirty-three thousand dollar goal, and it was like within what was it a few hours? It was already like up past almost near a million dollars. I mean, it's at one point six right now, or that's as you know once it closed and everything. But I was like, wow, people want it. Oh yeah, there, there's no doubt. the 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 second that it went live, yeah, it was already. I, I think it maybe took, if it took an hour, to fund, I I would be surprised. I honestly think that it was less than an hour to fund. Yeah, it's crazy. 
Well, if you guys want to get a feel for what the art looks like, you can always take a look at some of Jacob Rosalski's work. Um, it's J-A-K-U-B, Rosalski. But yeah, he's got some really exceptional talent. I had, I kind of thought, I saw one that was really nice looking that kind of scratched my storyteller adventure game type itch, um, which is The Seventh Continent, uh, which is due out, I think it was 2016, something like that. It's from Sirius Pulp. Um, how is it? Ludovic Rowdy and Bruno Sauter are among the designers, but uh, it's based on kind of like one of my favorite childhood memories, but choose your own adventures, or the way they call them, fighting fantasy. Um, kind of like that series of single-player role-playing game books, you know? That uh, Do you go down the tunnel, or do you take the right turn? That's right. Turn to page 53 to find out. Oh, such good memories, such good memories. Man, those books were, like, totally worn out, because I'd, like, reread it and try and do it a different way and stuff, and you're spending half your time not cheating. Yeah, I was going to say, did you ever pull that? My, I didn't take my finger out, but I didn't take my finger out. Of course. I didn't. I didn't die in that dead end. I didn't take my finger out. Oh, I'm glad I took a peek around the corner. That's so good of me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's you know what? The, here's here's the kind of cool thing. It could take. They give this range, and it's literally the range they have is not a typo. They say it can, playing time could range from five minutes to a thousand minutes because they're thinking it, it's just complete total cooperative storytelling down the line as you're working through this action deck. So Yeah, when when you when you literally flip a card and you can flip over the end of the line dead everyone is ruined card. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that that's that's definitely a possibility. Yeah, there's your five minutes right there, son. But yeah, I mean the way they have this expansion or uh, expansive card system as far as laying down tiles, moving your figure across, that sort of thing. They, the interesting thing is that you have kind of like a, a physical save feature on it. So, again, if you're inching towards the thousand-minute mark on this game, don't don't feel like you have to be really ginger with the board, kind of like you know all your Axis and Allies fans out there who, you know, get into, you know, fist fights because somebody moved the board from last week's game or something. In this case, you can actually, the way you pack it away in a certain order helps you just lay the card back or the, the tiles back where they were and everything kind of unfolds where it should be, which is kind of a nice little feature. You know, it's just a basic design and, and uh, follow the procedure type thing, but it's still kind of nice. Um, so like if you're if you're getting like a weekly thing or a bi-weekly thing going on, you can always continue the game forward. So that one looks pretty good. Um, I think it's uh, it's already hit its uh, Kickstarter as of, I think, like October 27th, so not too long ago, as of the time of this recording. So looking to see that in 2016. Kind of excited about that. There is one more I can mention. Go for it. Uh, it's, it's not on Kickstarter, but from, from the reports I'm seeing, it is, quote-unquote, on the boat, a.k.a. it's been produced, it's on its way, but... You know, who knows what how long it's going to take before it comes out of customs. <laughs> uh, a while ago, they gave us the Pathfinder Adventure Card Game. Um... And the Pathfinder Card Game, I remember thinking, wow, this is great. It's got that kind of persistent feel, like your characters grow and gain equipment and gain levels and stuff as you're going through this deck of monsters and treasures and stuff like that right. to, to come to an end. And I remember seeing this and going, wow, that's really interesting, but why wouldn't I just play a role-playing game? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Be- because I I do play Pathfinder now, so I'm sitting there going, well, why why don't I just play Pathfinder? <laughs> and uh, so I was I was never the intended audience on that one. Now I want to take that and now say, now what if we do that with the Warhammer universe? Yeah, the answer is Warhammer Quest. <laughs> yep, and Warhammer Quest has this very this solid cooperative vibe it involves playing cards and rolling dice and it's all in the Warhammer universe I want to play a witch hunter hmm. I I like I I was listening to a interview that the guys at rolling dice and taking names did with the designers of this earlier today mm-hmm. and I found my I found myself literally sending a tweet over to Marty and being like, so do I send you the bill for this? Because I would have never, having not heard, you know, much about this, I, I would have completely just disregarded it. I had disregarded Pathfinder because it wasn't my thing. I would just play Pathfinder. Right. And and now I'm like, dang it, when does it get off the boat because I want to make it mine? <laughs> It was that good an interview? It was that good a review? I'm I'm really intrigued. Like as much as I give, you know, crap about Pathfinder card game saying why don't I just play Pathfinder? Mm-hmm. I that was mostly my excuse to not buy it. It was my reasoning to justify not spending that money cuz conceptually I always thought, man, this is really a good idea. It's playing a role-playing game for people who, you know, aren't role players. It's, you know, so many times we talk about, like, how do we get people who play video games to play board games? Or how do we do this? Um, This is literally saying, all right, all right, board gamers, let's show you what a role-playing game can do. Right. And I I love that conceptually. I love that just as a thing. And I am a sucker for the Warhammer universe. Yeah, but I w- but I will never get into that tabletop game because I enjoy being able to pay rent. Yeah, well, we we've talked about that before. I I know I would definitely go down that spiral of I'm going to wind up by myself, divorced, and all scads, you know, just huge amounts of models and everything everywhere. I just I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, so I the fact that I I would be able to play within the Warhammer universe at what is essentially not a terrible price. I oh man, I I can easily see myself picking that up when it becomes available. Was there like a particular mechanic about the game that kind of speaks to you? I don't I don't have a lot of knowledge about it. I only know what I've heard in interviews and kind of previews of the game. Mm-hmm. But I do love the fact that everyone seems to be saying that Pathfinder is and and I will say what you did earlier, you can't see me do air quotes, but (laughs) cooperative. Right. Like, the Pathfinder game was all about, you go do your thing, you come over here, you do this, and yeah, you're part of an adventuring party, but you're not really a party. You're really just a bunch of guys who do stuff and occasionally hang out together. Right. From everything I've heard about the Warhammer game, it really does feel more cooperative. And there's there's more of like a there's more of like a mission to mission feel like you know you're carrying this over you you bring your gear with you you bring your upgrades with you to the next mission that sort of thing right so I'm 
I'm definitely curious. I want to learn more about that one, but uh, I I don't I don't know exactly what it'll be like. I hopefully I'll I'll find somebody who owns it so I'll be able to try it. Right. But I I I'm hopeful for that one. I think it'll be good. It looks good. I had been kind. Of, that's kind of why I was doing the whole verbal wincing over the mic because when you were talking about, it, I was like, yeah, I've been kind of looking at that one too. It looks pretty nice. And it, and you know, I'm also kind of like in that whole uh, feel of the role playing game and the cooperative. That's always that's kind of my my thing that I really like about some of the board games I've played so far, um, with the exception of uh, Ashes, which you know. That will be actually be mine soon. I'm looking at next month, so kind of excited about that. Yeah, definitely excited about that. So I'm hoping to get that picked up because I'll have some buddies coming down from uh, Northern California to uh, Northern and Central California to hopefully partake in a round of that game. But but yeah, I like the I like the idea of this game. I, and of course, it's the Warhammer universe. I mean, we just got done what a couple episodes talking about uh, you getting Blood Bowl and. You get Blood Bowl because it is the Warhammer universe and because it's super awesome and because you're like get to play as a team of goblins. But aside from that, uh, excuse me, or dwarves. I sorry. am I am playing as the Inroads dwarf bard. That's right. I I I stand corrected. Good <laughs> sir. <laughs> I I I have been fascinated by that universe and I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see it in a game that is more my speed. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Speaking speaking of of digital games, Segway. Nice. Uh, there was an announcement today on on the Twitters, and uh, it was Lance Hill from over at Fun Hill Games, and he was saying that, uh, you know, when we had him on for the interview, he said that they're trying to get the digital version of Kings of Israel on Steam, and they still are. So if you're if you have a Steam account, go to the green light and make sure that you vote to put Kings of Israel on Steam. However, while you're waiting for that to happen, you can pick it up on their website. We are absolutely blessed because Lance got in touch with me and he's like, hey, do you you want a couple copies to play? And I said, absolutely. (laughs) I want some copies. So because of the fact that I just moved and we've got Extra Life coming up this weekend... It might take us a little bit, but it won't be too much farther in the future. We're talk- Jeff and I both now have a copy of this game. Yes, we do. We're we're potentially going to get it so that we might play it over our YouTube channel, see what how that works. Uh, and whether we get it on that or not, we will definitely do a bonus content because I'm excited to see what you have as a reaction to this game because I've played the physical version. Right, right. So I I know what to expect. I know what to look for. I have played this game. I I'm I'm interested because a lot of times when I play a board game in its physical form and then move to a digital form, it's very clear to me early on whether this is better or worse. It's very clear. Either either way, it reveals itself very early. Right. It'll be interesting to see your take on it, having never had the opportunity to play the physical game mm-hmm. and see what you think about it. Yeah. I mean, for me, I mean, with the, obviously, again, thanks, Lance, for the, the copy of the game. That's that's super awesome of you. And I'll go ahead and lay down my official apology for missing the interview. I wish I had been there. 
it's it's almost kind of like for me it's almost like a tabletop sim situation where i got a chance to play ashes before i bought it and it totally addicted me to the game and wanting to buy it now so i i mean but this is kind of the difference is that you have the option of playing digital or the board game version and they're both something that you can go ahead and own and and uh keep for yourself but yeah definitely looking forward to playing the game looking forward to recording it and getting out there for you guys to take a look at it you can see me bumble along with the rules and try and learn something and mike being super patient as he is wont to do because <laughs> um, <laughs> you were extremely patient as an educator of the Ashes game, and I had a lot of fun learning it with you, so looking forward to it. I certainly have to rely on humility and patience when it comes to this, because of the fact that when I tried to teach myself, I got it horribly wrong. <laughs> so I, I can't very well be like, oh, I can't believe you didn't get that. <laughs> Well, hey, we've got we got Lance Hill on uh, on retainer, so we can always say, retainer. Lance, what did we do wrong? <laughs> I, I will say that right before we started recording, I did uh, install it, and I, I just took a real quick hop over just to see what it's like. And I will tell you, you know, as is often the case that we've talked about in the context of quote unquote Christian games, there's a reason why. As a ministry, I think we've only recommended three games. There's a reason for that because, you know, generally speaking, when you throw that Christian label on a thing, it usually is lacking the quality of other games. This digital version, there's, I've already seen voice acting, I've seen really cool little animations. The guys look distinct. It's not like the same sprite over and over and over again. The guys look distinct the the images are very clear i didn't have a lot of time to really mess with it and you can expect to hear more from us about this but it it definitely is a well put together piece of software and that gives me a lot of hope because i i enjoy the heck out of this game and the idea of being able to do it in a digital format when I don't have, you know, other people around mm-hmm. it, I, I'm intrigued by this and I, I look forward to giving it more of a full review later. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to have, have a lot of fun doing that. That's for sure. I think the the next thing I want to talk about, I've mentioned it already. We are going to be playing in extra life. Yeah. Yeah. And I will, <laughs> I, I, I will give it over to future Mike in the edit bay 9,000 in a minute. Because Extra Life hasn't happened yet as we're recording. But before before I did that, I do want to just, you know, just lay down a little bit of why we do Extra Life. Because we did Extra Life as a podcast before Inroads Ministries was a thing. And uh, I just thought it was, it was just a fun thing to do. Yeah. But as we've progressed, as the ministry has grown, and now that we're, you know, a legit non-profit... I wanted to make sure that we keep doing Extra Life because of the fact that it's so much of, of why we do gaming as ministry is seen in this event because we believe that gaming is important, that those people who are a part of gaming are able to do awesome things when they put their mind to it. And here, like... At this point, as we're recording, like who knows when this actually goes live, who knows how much we'll have raised. But we've raised just under thirteen hundred dollars. Pretty close, man. And our goal our goal is fifteen hundred. I'm confident that we'll get it. Yeah. 
I'm confident that we'll get it, and I'm think I'm hoping that we're going to get more. But I'm amazed at this idea about people coming out and taking time out of their schedules. Like this was the 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 running theme in the commentary of Extra Life that I tell people. I go, yeah, it's 24 hours of gaming. But here's the thing: if you're older than the age of 12, the idea of playing a board game and being lucid at three o'clock in the morning it makes for good TV. It's wait, that's that's not what you were looking for. Sorry. <laughs> it is significantly harder to get excited about that when you're not a kid anymore. Yeah. yeah. And I've looked I've looked at our team composition and our team is not a whole lot of young people. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of geriatrics playing games in the dead of night. What it's going to be really fun like uh, my buddy, my buddy Kevin and I were just joking the other day. Is like we need to have certain games on hand just so when we've lost that last bit of sanity at like three or four in the morning, we need to bust this out. My joke is, is that there's an, an older game. It's been out for for ages. Uh, it's a game called Quelf. It's a game that I have mixed emotions of because it is it is a lot of fun and it's a huge big bit of hilarity. But it is also potentially very awkward for people because if you're with a bunch of strangers and you actually have shame, then <laughs> this game this game is next to impossible and will force you to be in a terrible, awkward place. However, other than being at 3 a.m. in the morning. That's exactly right. <laughs> However, when played after you've been playing with the same people for 11 or 12 hours and you it's like 3 in the morning and you haven't slept and you're asked to like you know go into the kitchen and find a spoon to place on your head this is the greatest thing in existence cuz you come back with a knife you know like a butter knife or a spatula and you're like no 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 a spoon wait there are what? things that you can get away with at 2 in the morning that you can't get away with any other time <laughs> But uh, I, I I love the fact that we're doing this. I it was fun. Just today, we actually got a a a, a tweet from the folks at Children Specialized cheering us on and uh, thanking us for being part of Extra Life, and that that's really nice. They really didn't have to do that. But uh, I'm I'm super glad to be working with this hospital, and I have so much fun doing this event. And so much, it's just such a great feeling to be able to say at the end of the day, like the first year we raised about $1,400, the the second year we raised about $1,000, we've already raised over $1,000 now. Like, I'm blown away by the fact that, that board games and the people in this hobby can make this happen. Yeah, I absolutely love it. That's great stuff. So that that being said, I do want to just kick it over to future Mike. Uh, you know, he's going to get a big head this time because normally future Mike has a couple sentences and we're actually going to give him his own segment this time. It's dangerous. So it's dangerous because, I mean, we're reaching beyond the temporal plane. I mean, this is universe breaking stuff here. I mean, we've already given him the Edit Bay 9000, which is capable of editing sound and video beyond space and time. Ugh. I mean, the idea of of giving this man 
more attention is a dangerous thing. I'm going to tell you, I, I I tell you guys, I voted against this. It's dangerous. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so hopefully, hopefully he can contain himself and uh, we will kick it over to future Mike to tell us how Extra Life went. Hey guys, can you hear me? I'm trying to get Sorry about that, guys. You call me up to the big leagues and the Edit Bay 9000 refuses to cooperate. It's strictly Bush League, man. Anyway, I think I've got everything set up properly now, so I can actually tell you about Extra Life. Well, past Mike called it, we did in fact meet our goal. In fact, as I record this right now, we've raised just over $1,800, with a couple wayward donations still making their way to us. This year's event had a team of 13 people, and a couple guests that weren't officially on the team, but kind of came along for the ride, playing for the full 24 hours. We had multiple games of Two Rooms and a Boom that actually involved exchanging hostages through a narrow hallway between two rooms. We had our first Extra Life RPG session, which uh, I'm pretty confident we're going to see again, because... It really allowed people to see role-playing games who normally wouldn't, as this is pretty much a board gaming event. And and even all of that is just talking about our local event. We had people all over the place playing with us and supporting us uh, over streams, playing video games, and all sorts of other stuff. This year is the biggest event for the Inroads regulars that we've ever had to date. Uh, I know I speak for all of the team when I say thank you to everybody who donated and supported us as we look to support Children's Specialized Hospital. We will definitely be doing this again next year for our fourth year, and I'm pretty confident I'm going to have to set the goal higher because you guys have come through in just a big, big way. There is still a chance if you wanted to donate this year but missed the event that you can still do it. Donations can technically be accepted through the end of the year, but we can't be happier with the way things have already gone this year. Thanks again to all of our listeners, and thanks guys for letting me have my own segment. Like, I could get used to this. Okay, yeah, hopefully you guys just heard awesome stories about how we just crushed our goals and, uh, you know, did amazing things and how... You know, maybe look. I, I look. I'm still trying to clean up the uh, the edit bay nine thousand down here, so I don't know what to do now. Look, man, it's it's best just to let that ride. <laughs> yep, I guess so. But anyway, I I think that because of the the hour and the extra life and everything like that, we're just gonna wrap it there. I think it's a good it's a good spot. It's a good spot. I think I I think it's good. Definitely be watching out. Uh, I I do think that there's going to be a uh, a post on our website talking about what we did with Extra Life. There's going to be some stuff about there. You're going to see us, again, get ready for Kings of Israel, but hopefully on our YouTube channel as well as a, a bonus content of, of GSP. Yep. And uh, there's going to be just a bunch of stuff happening in the near future as I'm continuing to sign up more game days. Uh, I'm recruiting minions to, for Gen Con next year, and uh, there's so much going on with the ministry, and we really hope that, you know, I'm not going to spend too much time. We just heard about all about Extra Life, and hopefully you're listening to this, having donated to that and supporting us with that. But uh, as always, guys, in order to make this stuff happen, in order to provide these events, in order to provide materials and to travel, all this stuff costs us 
uh, time, money, and energy, and uh, anything that you guys can do to support this ministry, we greatly appreciate it. We want to see us in more churches. We want to see you know more materials. We want to provide more stuff to get more games in the hands of more people doing more ministry. So we need your guys' help to do that. We hope that you'll consider doing that. And if you can't pull that off, guys, we absolutely do just absolutely love your your prayers and your thoughts and really just getting the word out about inroads and what we're doing. God is doing awesome stuff here, yep. and uh, we're just happy to really be a part of that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to to be a part of this ministry. I mean, don't get us wrong. I mean, there's there's obviously the work that goes on behind the scenes. Um, 99.9% of it done by Mike Perna. But the uh, the great thing is the the support that you guys give us. You know, it, what if it if it's monetary, that's fa- super fantastic and awesome. But you know, the idea that you guys are out there posting in the tavern and and responding to stuff and and letting us know how we're doing and it's all of it goes into making inroads better, stronger, and and just able to reach to reach to the corners of the earth. So. We do thank you for all of that support. And like Mike said, your prayers are, are definitely desired uh, for our success and definitely needed for our success. So we thank you a, a bunch for your support. I, I know I'm a glutton for punishment. I know you just cleaned up the Edit Bay 9000. <laughs> but uh, I, think, I think we're going to go and just because he contributed so much to this episode, I think we're actually going to go to future Mike and let him lead us out of this one. All right, future Mike, please watch out for the squishy stuff. I don't know what that is over there, but when you're done, you're picking that up. All right, take it away. Jeff, I don't know what you're complaining about. Remember, I'm future Mike, so all that junk you left in here is downright ancient. I think a furry bit of meatloaf just wished me good morning. Anyway, always remember, guys, that God is the game master. No matter how the dice fall, the game plays on. This is future Mike, signing off.